Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Peacock, and welcome to episode 76 of the Liberty Cafe. It's always a blessing to have you here with me. And it's also a blessing to be working with Texas Scorecard on the Liberty Cafe. They're the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, and it's just great being part of their mission to go out and take on the world, the fight in the world, the fight against tyranny and oppression, and bring liberty uh, to people through the political process. But of course, Texas Scorecard and myself too, uh, most of us believe in that liberty first has to come through our faith in Jesus Christ. And so the oppression that is taken away from us as we are forgiven for our sins and we can walk in the light through Jesus Christ needs to be mirrored in the political, social, cultural world that we live in. So that's where we're coming from here, Texas Scorecard and on the Liberty Cafe. So I'd like to talk today to you about, well, about liberty, which is a good thing to talk to about on the Liberty Cafe, but particularly about rights and how our rights don't mean much if we don't actually get to exercise them and exercise them not just in some random circumstances, but through markets, free markets. It's really interesting how in the world today, world of public policy, the world of politics, even the world of academia, markets aren't really thought of in the way they used to be just a you know mere 30, 40 years ago. It used to be, you know, 1970s, for instance, Teddy Kennedy and Jimmy Carter were some of the biggest proponents of deregulating the economy, getting the government out of the business of the economy. Uh, Teddy Kennedy was big in deregulating trucking. Jimmy Carter was really big in deregulating airlines, basically stopping the federal government from regulating prices in those industries. And when they did that, an amazing thing happened. It, it's not really that amazing. It shouldn't be so surprising to us, but it was at the time. The government started stopped regulating prices in those industries, and guess what happened? The prices dropped. Because whenever government gets involved in regulating prices or just about anything else, it really messes up the system. But that's not the way it's, it's working today. We don't see conversations taking place like that about free markets and getting government out of the way, even within the Republican Party, even in some conservative circles. We see people wanting to use government to solve our problems, to get involved more into the economy rather than getting government less out of the economy. One, you know, one example of that is compassionate conservatism, which became very um, a modus operandi during the George W. Bush's administration. And we see a lot of that going on today. And as a result, we're getting into this sort of uber regulatory world that we live in. You know, the, the, the government now tells us what we must inject into our bodies in order to get a job, at least, what products we can or must sell to people, whether we really want to or not, what people we must serve, whether we want to or not, uh, the wages we must pay and the wages we must receive. It's the price at which we can buy and sell products. There's all kinds of things that are going on out there. And so this capitalism 
that we used to embrace in the United States in many ways, which, which by the way, was a, a replacement for feudalism and for the first time in history allowed people from all classes, just not the wealthy, to, to freely use their land, labor, and capital to their own benefit. Capitalism is now being replaced by a really a modern-day feudalism in which the wealthy and the politically connected are once again becoming our masters and lords. This isn't to say that there haven't been problems with capitalism over the years, but the problems with capitalism stem from really the problems with human beings because we're sinful. And it doesn't matter what kind of economic system we have or government system or anything else, we're still going to have to deal with sin. So the question is, how do we deal with sin in the world in the best way to, to bring the greatest prosperity to people in the world? I'd suggest it's not intervention in the markets. Yet, we continue to see it over and over and over and over again. And what we've seen in this history of interventionism over a long period of time, and even more recently in the United States, is a history of failure. Government officials step in and override consumer preferences, and by the way, our God-given rights in markets. All right, They intervene in these markets, often in the name of consumer protection, protection labor, whatever it might be, and they fail. You know, socialism, communism is the greatest example of that on a mass level, but we see it all the time. Even today, as we see government intervening in energy markets and trying to force us or push us towards renewable energy through subsidies and mandates and all those other kind of things, are bringing gas prices, energy prices, making them skyrocket. We, it's also very unreliable. If you live in Texas, like I do, we, we went through a period of almost a week of blackouts and then being without water because Texans had been forced or subsidized, actually. We've been forced to subsidize renewable energy, and it wasn't their force when we needed it during the, real, the really cold winter last year. So why is this continuing to go on despite the history of failure of government intervention? Well, it's, it's interesting. Government intervenes and takes away our rights, but they couch all this stuff in the terms of human rights, that, that, that this government, instead of being there to protect our rights, now has a, the obligation to bring human rights to people. There's like this uh, course, this ob obligation on the government to give us rights. And, and you, you look around in the literature, and I, I looked at some of these things. And so, for instance, you know, the, these people who are talking about these positive rights that the government has to give us say that uh, we, as citizens, have the right to the enjoyment of the highest attainable standard of health. And that is defined by some of these folks as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease infirmity. Do you see where that takes us? The government then has to take away the rights of some people in order to have the resources to provide rights to other people. That's kind of strange how that works. But of course, this isn't how Classically, traditionally, we've seen these kind of things. There's been a long line of philosophers, theologians, and, and political thinkers. You know, we go back Augustine and Thomas Aquinas and Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Locke, Thomas Lo Jefferson. They, they've all understood that 
that humanity has certain unalienable rights. And where did those come from? Well, of course, they have been endowed to us by our Creator. And these rights are to be exercised by us individually and collectively by people. And so it's not that the government gives them to us. We have them already, and we need to exercise them. But where can we exercise these rights? I mean, it doesn't do any good just to sit around in our house and exercise them. We have to exercise them in the market, in the free market. And when the government intervenes in the markets and starts regulating how much we buy stuff for, how much we sell stuff for, how much we can offer our labor for, how much we can pay our employees for, who we have to sell things to, all those kinds of things. All of a sudden, our rights are being diminished or are actually taken away from us. So, of course, that's totally opposite of what people are told today, but it's really true. So we get to a point where these interventions in the market don't improve human rights, if that's what you want to call them, or unalienable rights, but they actually degrade them, which is the total opposite of why governments are formed. Here's one quote that would inform us about why government, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, right? Uh, It's not that to give people rights, government are instituted, but to secure the rights that God has already given us. So, so it's, it's not surprising that when the government steps in with regulations and mandates and taxes, that that's, it really stands in stark contrast to how God has created the world for us to function in markets, which are come through a voluntary transactions between people in the market, market participants, that focuses the needs on us, the, the consumers, and the sellers. That's how things work in markets. But interventions take us away from that. Yet, that's the way the world is working today. And and of course, we we have these interventions. They're not just designed to give us human rights, but they're to protect us, right? We, We need these because we have to be protected because somehow we're too stupid or too dumb or to protect ourselves, to take care of ourselves in these voluntary transactions. Like We can't stand up to some big multi-billion dollar corporation who's trying to do something to us, but it really is pretty simple to stand up to most multi-billion dollar corporations. All you do is say, no, thank you. I'm not going to buy your product. Now that changes a little bit when the multi-billion dollar corporation has the favor of the government. And for some reason we have to buy our stuff from them. Like if you live in the city of Austin, like I used to, or you, you, you had to buy your electricity from the city of Austin. And there's a lot of different other examples like that. But but typically, in a free market, you just tell the multi-billion dollar corporation, no thank you, and walk away and go find the product from someone else. So what we have then is a system where everything's messed up. And one of the things that really, it's it's not just about taking our rights away. It's about messing up the system taking information out of the system so that it doesn't work right anymore. And that's really what happens when we see regulation of prices, the quantity of prices, is the quantity of products as well. But we have taxes on things. We have tariffs on things. We have quotas on, on, on product sales. And then, of course, we have just direct regulation. You can only sell something for this much. You can't charge anything more for that. One of the big examples of that today is rent control in a lot of places. 
Back in the 70s, it was on gasoline, and we know how that worked out, uh, long lines. And, and those. And then today, of course, uh, we also have uh, minimum prices on things, and that's typically on our labor in the form of the minimum wage. I can't sell my labor for less than a certain um, price, even though I may not be qualified to sell it for more than that. And so what happens to me if my labor is only worth 5 bucks, but the minimum wage is seven twenty-five? I don't get a job, right? But who gets a job? Well, some labor union person, perhaps, who whose union supports the minimum wage and is supported by the government, and therefore there's more jobs for labor people, even though their wages are more expensive. Right? So when we start taking interfering with prices, it really messes up how things work. And plus, it just takes a lot of information out of the market. You know, consumers buy things because they prefer stuff. They want this over that. But you, you can't calculate preferences. The, the entrepreneur, the businessman can't do that. And so they need something they can calculate to determine how much they want to make and how much they want to sell it at. And so they need prices. And once prices form by somebody voluntarily buying something at a particular price and somebody selling something voluntarily at a particular price, then we have something that business men and women can calculate to determine whether or not they're going to make a profit or even before that, whether or not they think they're going to invest in something. This goes back a long way. Frederick Hayek, who's a great economist in the Austrian school and won a Nobel Prize, talked a lot about this. And, and without prices accurately transmitting the preferences of consumers, the market doesn't work as efficiently as well. So Again, as I was saying, that intervention in the market not only is a violation of our God-given rights, it also distorts the market so it doesn't work very well. And what we have as a result of all that is less prosperity in the world. Well, Gary North is a great economist, a great godly man, just passed away in, in the last few months. And he, he kind of looks at the um, what what happens when we get to exercise our rights in markets. And, you know, it's, it's kind of messy. And let me just read what he says here. One of the fundamental principles of all systems of economic theory is this. You can't get something for nothing. Christianity teaches that God offers saving grace to some people without cost to them. But this grace is based on the high price that Jesus paid at Calvary. Well, that really helps us think about what markets look like. So the high cost, if you will, the high price of increasing prosperity in this world and advancing advances of human health and prosperity throughout all of history has really been the messy business of people exercising their God-given rights through markets. This is what has enabled us to absorb the information that we need to make market transactions and then convert it to useful means of satisf satisfying our means and wants. Now, of course, this has a cost to it. It's it's the cost of, of messiness in the market, the, the, the cost of things not working as well as we think they ought to work at, with some people paying too much for something and some people paying too little for something, people going bankrupt, people losing their jobs. All those kinds of things are the cost of a free market, but you can't get rid of those kinds of costs, right? If, if government 
comes in and steps into the situation. And you have to remember that government isn't this big entity that just is, functions all by itself. The government is just a bunch of people. And so when government steps in to do something, it's just people stepping in, and they're going to make the same mistakes and have the same problems dealing with stuff through their regulations that we are going to be in the market. So there's no reason to expect, even from that perspective, that they can do better than we can. And also, and that's true, that's been proven through history. And also there's something wrong from a moral and ethical perspective that they're stepping in and telling us what to do as if they're smarter or, or better than we are. And But we've seen this for millennia going on. Rulers and experts have, have been stepping into attempting to clean up the mess of humanity. It's just a product of sin. And, and they've been doing it for all kinds of reasons, right? The concerns about diminishing supplies of fuel, pollution or climate change. And, and they've just been substitu- substituting their judgment for those of us common citizens. But, but this just doesn't work. It's destined to fail and fall short of their goals and leave us all in a worse state. Because, again, the only way we're going to clean up this mess is through faith in Jesus Christ. And as we turn to Christ and repent of our sins and trust in him, he enters into us through the Holy Spirit, and he starts changing us in ways, but not just individually, but culturally and collectively. And we start seeing earth look more like heaven. And that's what we pray for in in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now that takes time, and we have to wait for that. And there's a cost involved in that waiting. But that, that cost was a cost that was imposed on us thousands of years ago when Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden and fell into rebellion against him. We're still paying those costs today, but the most moral and effective way to deal with those costs and improve the condition of mankind and our planet, as a matter of fact, the environment and everything else, is is not through government intervention. It's through the exercise of our inalienable rights in free markets. Well, I'm really glad you're able to be here with me today on episode 76 of the Liberty Cafe. And as always, also grateful to be part of the Texas Scorecard Network and have them as a sponsor for Liberty Cafe. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.